Your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 353 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. And we have been tasked by a friend of the show and a listener to bring the fire this episode. And that is what we are going to do. Scott, are you ready to drop some fire? Oh, now I'm allowed to bring fire places after being ridiculed for the better part of a year over this. <laughs> it's only really been a few months, Scott. But in, technically, technically you are allowed because you promised that you wouldn't set yourself on fire. But we didn't say you couldn't set anything else on fire. Yeah, I, and at this point, like the Habs fully deserve to be torched for whatever the hell this weekend was. We will talk about some of the positives, but just across the board, I... I've never seen such a display of continued ineptitude. What? Like, what is going on, honestly? And so this is the thing. We don't want to just be gratuitously negative. That is absolutely not what we're aiming to do here. We're trying to be fair. But anybody who's objective will see that the Canadians are struggling. There are a lot of reasons for that as well. But I think we should start with questions that people have started asking now. I know certain factions of the fans and media have been asking it since day one, but we are now late enough in his term and we have seen enough stagnance slash mediocrity. I don't know if stagnance is a word. I'm making it a word. Mediocrity for long enough that it is time to ask the question, is this team being grossly mismanaged? And it's not to say that Mark Bergevin has not done good things, There are plenty of things that he's done in his tenure as Canadians GM that are positive things. There are plenty of things that you can praise him for. But at the end of the day, the lack of on-ice success for, what is it, seven years and running at this point? That is something that we need to ask ourselves questions about. And here's the thing. It's possible that he's laid a foundation for the team and made some improvements on that front. But he has not so far proven himself to be the manager that pushes them over the edge and gives them postseason success. We haven't been asking for a Stanley Cup, but we also haven't seen any progress towards one in quite some time. And that's something that we really, really need to talk about. I'm not saying fire him. I know a lot of people are saying it's time for him to get fired. But at this point, wouldn't you as Canadian's owner have a lot of questions for this guy? My whole thing about this is, and Andrew Zadarnowski brought this up, and he was on TSN 690, and he talked about this. Uh, the biggest issue is the Canadians might have screwed up the recalls for the remainder of this season here. People keep asking Dominique Ducharme about his ability to rotate in fresh legs and everything to try and reinvigorate the team. The issue is they might not be able to because of what they did on deadline day when uh, instead of just waiting for Mete to clear and just waiting a little bit, the way they timed the recalls and used them, they've used three out of the four you get in the second half of the season from to the NHL roster. 
And if what I understand is correct, if they use their fourth recall, the only players they'll have available in the playoffs are their current roster and those four players they had recalled unless there is some emergency situation. It's a disaster across the board. The only two people that they can add right now because they were already on an NHL roster when they were acquired are John Merrill and Eric Gustafson. So Michael Froelich can't go into the lineup. Uh, Jake Evans, I do not believe, can go into the lineup. They have all these guys now, and their hands are tied where they can't make any moves because of their own mismanagement, whether they weren't paying attention or didn't understand anything. It's it's a disaster waiting to happen. Like It's potentially a huge thing that's going to blow up in their face. They'll be able to recall people under emergency provision if someone is going to miss a game or is hurt, so to speak, but... There's no long-term stability there. It's a game-to-game basis, and it, it's not a good look for a guy like Mark Bergevin who juggles so many things because he doesn't have a um, president of hockey operations to help shoulder some of that burden there. Like It goes back to what we've said several times now. They need help there. Mark Bergevin should not be the one doing this, regardless of whether he insists he can do it or not. You look at a team like Toronto who's juggled the cap masterfully and made moves that helped their cap situation at the deadline, and then you have Montreal who might not be able to recall another player for the rest of the season unless someone else is hurt, and it's night and day, and you look at how their office is structured, and you look at how the Canadians are, and it's, it is it is literally night and day between the two teams. And so that in itself is just, it, it is an indictment of management. It's definitely a gross mismanagement. It's not... You know, forget about previous acquisitions, trades, assets, things like that, development, all of that aside. This is a fundamental thing where you were provided with a tool to make your season easier and ostensibly to keep players able to be healthy and continue to play and not, you know, and and, and mitigate the risk provided by a shortened season, a condensed season and the COVID virus. And you've mismanaged it, whether you misunderstood it or you weren't paying attention to it, those are two things that you should be doing. You should, A, correctly understand the rules. And I understand that, you know, the NHL has complicated rules and these new things and these new changes and stuff. You go to a board of governors meeting and you vote for this kind of stuff. You go to a general manager's meeting, you vote for this kind of stuff. You have to understand what it is that they are doing. That is part of your job as the manager is if anyone in the organization is going to understand this, it is you. Or you need somebody next to you that fully understands it, that it, that isn't, you know, you, you you need to pick the right person. So, again, that's on you. Uh, Mark Bergevin likes to say a lot of things. Like, he likes to say a lot of times, that's on me, that's on me. So, but this is something that is a fundamental thing that they should have known and they should have figured it out. We talked so much before the season about the depth. The Canadians have depth. They're able, they're going to be able to deal with the season because they have the depth. And then when they had that COVID break, we're like, we're going to, they're going to be able to deal with this condensed season because of that, you know, because of that depth. And now they have all the stuff that they cannot even use. What the hell is that? And that's not to say that there aren't other problems with this team, but this is just one example of how you've mismanaged a team. Like this is not good management. And that's is it's, it's a drop in the bucket because at this point, He's been here for so long. He's made so many changes. He's pulled out all the stops this last season, and there hasn't been success. And now even these tiny little fundamental things that end up screwing yourself in a big way start happening. Like, to me, that's a guy who is misunderstanding his role. 
he's misunderstanding his responsibility. And so that's part of the thing, part of the reason that right now we are not torching the Canadians, but we are, we are criticizing them and we're trying to be fair about it. But we also have some positive things to say and we're going to do that next. And then in our final segment, don't worry, we're not done. In our final segment, we're going to talk about which players can be better and how. Like this is not, like we're not giving anybody a free pass here. There are some things that need to be pointed out, and we're going to do that in our final segment. But first, let's talk about some happy things. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into our life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female designers have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Platte Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We've got a new podcast that will help get you hockey smart. The Crosscheck Podcast hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So the Canadians called up, called up, called up, called up, called up, <laughs> say that three times fast. The Canadians called up Cole Caulfield last week when the uh, Laval games were postponed because of a uh, positive test uh, on the Marlies. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the rocket, but they had to have a bunch of their games shuffled around. And so now they only have one game this week. And so they decided to call up Cole Caulfield so he can get some practice time with the Montreal Canadiens. But they're also taking him on the road trip with them out West. So is this so that he gets the experience of traveling or is this because they plan to play him? Because as we discussed in the first segment, they've got one call-up left. They probably want to use it on him, but then they screw themselves over for the playoffs. I, I believe what they said when they talked about it is that it's good for his experience. The Rocket play only once this week on Wednesday, and their schedule is still getting shuffled around. That I believe they're off until the 30th after that. But uh, this gives him a chance to practice with the NHL team, get those reps in, get that experience, kind of pick the brains of people who are there, teach Shea Weber how to hit the net, you know, small little things for Cole Caulfield to do. And I know people are like, well, he was doing so well with the Rocket. Why would they take him out of those game situations? Like we said, the Rocket don't play until the 21st, and they're off until the 20 or the 30th. As far as I understand it right now, and this week, they're also getting Jan Mishak, Lucas Vedemo, Jesse Yolanen, and Alex Belzeal back into their lineup, which Joel Bouchard loses his new superstar forward and gets back four of his 12 regular forwards this week. It's not a bad spot to be in if you're him, and at the same time, 
what's the downside to getting him some experience? He's going to play a ton in the next couple weeks anyways. And I believe once the Canadians get back from being out West, he'll probably go back to Lavelle. They'll call someone up to the taxi squad to fill his place or whatever the hell they choose to do. And life will go on. It's a good experience for him. The Rocket aren't going to be hurt for it. They've got to get these guys back in the lineup anyways. Uh After they were out injured for close to a month, I'd say, give or take that amount of time. And you got to reincorporate people. And him not being there frees up a spot. But at the same time, he'll come right back in in a couple of weeks and everything will be great. Who knows? The Canadians may have someone be injured or can't go on a given night, and then you have emergency recall Cole Caulfield for the Habs out west. Who really knows? Um, I'm not sure the Canadians do, uh, based on the way they handled <laughs> their call-ups uh, at the deadline, but I guess we'll find out this week. I'm honestly excited for him to spend time with the team and practice and go on the road with them, because up until now... He's been very much a team kind of guy in Wisconsin. He's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a talented player who takes the entire team on his back in, in game situations. And he showed that in his first weekend with the Laval Rocket as well. Like he was very instrumental in their first win against the Marlies or sorry, in their win against the Marlies in his first game on the Rocket. I don't want to give the impression that the Laval Rockets struggle against them in any way, but at the same time, I think this is this is good because the Canadians I think see him as an NHL re- almost ready player, not necessarily a ready player, but an almost ready player. You get the sense that they want to use him in the playoffs, and if not, they want to use him right away next season. They want him to be part of the regular lineup next season, especially as we're expecting that the Canadians are going to lose a couple of their forwards, namely Tatar uh, and and. Um, I guess in, on the wing, Tatar. And so they want him to be ready. They want him to have that NHL experience. But at the same time, as we discussed, they can only really call him up without screwing themselves over if there's an injury and they can do an emergency recall. So for me, I wonder if it's just, if this is just for them to be able to get a look at him in practice situations and see how close he is to being ready. Uh, or like they're saying it's because of the experience they wanted to practice with the team and that's great. You know, they're introducing him, but I also wonder if, if they're trying to just get a better look at him in terms of where they could slot him in, in the lineup. The funny part about him is that the answer should be wherever the hell he feels like, like, uh, I, I guess we'll, we're going to talk about it in the next segment, but like, there's no spot in this lineup that Cole Caulfield wouldn't immediately make better at this point. Like, it, give the fans something to watch if you're going to be terrible right now. Like, why would we want to tune in? Well, you put Cole Caulfield in the lineup and people are going to actually care a little bit. So th- there's no downside to it. And I know I'm excited because I'm hopeful that they find a way to get him in the lineup. Hopefully they there was some loophole with call-ups or something like that because I really do think – they could use that spark right now in the worst kind of way. Like, across the board, they're missing something, and I think Caulfield brings a lot of what that something might be. And is that something just being good? Well, yeah. Uh, very <laughs> clearly, uh, scoring goals and being good uh, is part of it. So <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about that and what the Canadians absolutely need to do to improve. We're not going to be gratuitous, gratuitously negative. We're just going to point out some things that they really need to be doing ASAP unless they want to play themselves right out of the playoffs and a team like Calgary is going to take their spot when we've seen how Calgary plays. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, always remember, 
We love Built Bar. Built Bar is one of our favorite sponsors because it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is high in protein, low in sugar, low in calorie, uh, and it's honestly it's delicious. They're all made with real chocolate. Every once in a while, they'll have special edition flavors, which we all love. But even the regular flavors, their 18 regular flavors, are delicious. They have nut-free options as well. And these flavors feature things like cookies and cream, which is very popular. Cherry Barcia, which is honey and popular. And our personal favorites, Scott likes the German chocolate, and I like the salted caramel. And all these flavors are available at BuiltBar.com. Remember, they're going to give you a boost of energy. It's great for before a workout, after a workout. It's great as a pick-me-up. It's great as a treat, but it's high in protein. If you want to try one, go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right. So this is part of the fire that we promised we would bring. The Canadians beat Calgary, but not at all convincingly on Friday. And then they turn around and got shut out by the Ottawa Senators and probably literal worst goaltender in the league, Matt Murray. So before I launch into telling the Canadians how badly they sucked on Saturday, uh, shout out to Jake Allen and Tyler Toffoli on Friday night for salvaging what it otherwise would have been an absolute disaster of a weekend, more so than it already was. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm going to draw the line here. Tyler Toffoli's got 21 goals and Jake Allen was worth every single penny. And once again, the Canadians followed up a huge win against Calgary like they did against Toronto and followed it up by laying a friggin' ostrich-sized egg right on the center of the ice and just didn't show up to play Ottawa on Saturday. It was a disgrace on ice, a team that should... I know that Ottawa always plays the Canadians tough. I've accepted that, but there's no excuse to get shut out by a goalie who's an 882 on the season and hasn't looked like an NHL goaltender right from the jump. 23 shots on net. For context, the Carolina Hurricanes in the first period of their game on Saturday had 21. The Canadians managed 23 and zero goals against the worst goalie in the NHL this year and allowed four goals on 15 shots. One of them was into the empty net, yes, but it's unacceptable across the board. And that's not just me dumping on, you know, Shea Weber, who hasn't been very good. Jeff Petrie has not been very good. Joel Edmondson has not been very good. No one was good. 
absolutely no one has looked good at all recently. And it's a systemic issue. Like Tyler Toffoli and Jake Allen were good on Friday because they helped them win the game. Everybody else is non-existent. Like, people gave us crap for complimenting Jonathan Drouin on one pass. Guess what? Where's everyone else dumping on all the other players who didn't show up on Saturday? One player isn't winning or losing you games. The entire team isn't showing up to play. They've got a three-game set out west with the Calgary Flames that's probably going to decide their playoff future here. If they can't win those games against Calgary, we really need to have a serious conversation about whether this team is making the playoffs. They should be in right now, but if they come out like they did on Saturday against Calgary next week, this team's going to be sitting at home watching after spending to the cap, bringing in their top prospects, and then missing the playoffs because they cannot figure out what's wrong with their team. And the answer is, quite frankly, their system sucks. The penalty kill sucks. The power play sucks. It's all a giant bag of suck, and I'm tired of watching it because they should be better at this point, and they're not. Simple as that. I think that's the key here in that there are so many players on this team that should be better, right? Like, if you look at the roster, I wouldn't necessarily say it is, you know, a juggernaut of a roster. It's not like a Tampa Bay Lightning. It's not one of the top teams in the league. You know, it doesn't have that elite talent, and that's all fair and that's all fine. But these players are not that bad if you look at them, right? And 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 in general, Carey Price is a much better goalie than he he displayed against Ottawa, obviously. In general, you know, players like Jonathan Duran should be able to score more goals. In general, Kat Kinyemi should be a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, he's playing well, but... In general, he shouldn't play as badly as he did the last two nights. Nick Suzuki, for example, he's a player that was a revelation last year, and we talked about how he's going to have a sophomore slump, and we expected this. But he's been a non-factor in so many games, and that should not be the case. You know, without Brendan Gallagher, it's understandable that the team doesn't have the same kind of uh, dynamic, but it, it shouldn't be bad without him. This team, the roster as it's composed, should be able to win more games than they have. This team should not have lost as many games as badly as they have in the past. And so clearly something is lacking and something is preventing them from their success. And I think, you know, a lot of the moving parts of a hockey system are just not working for them. Because for me, if you look at it, it is impossible for literally every one of these players to be a terrible, useless player. That is not a thing. And so every one of them is capable of better. And in some cases, there are some hard conversations that need to be had. And in some cases, the players are just not able to succeed because whatever position they're put in is not optimized to their talent, their skill, and whatever they bring to the team. So I'm not here to tell you that every one of these players is bad. I'm not here to tell you about things like they didn't have enough heart. Or, you know, you can say something like they didn't have enough energy where they didn't have enough heart, but for every single player on the team to look like they don't care, to me is, I think that that's, that's something is wrong with the way that they're playing. Like they don't have the answers. They weren't able to turn things around. And this is something that's happened to them a lot. You know, if you look at their, if you look at a lot of their losses in the beginning of the season, they were bad luck losses. If you look at their, their wins now, they're good luck wins. And that, 
has completely changed. Like that dynamic has completely changed because the Canadians before you would expect them to win and they weren't. And now you're expecting to lose and sometimes they're not losing. And that's no way to make the playoffs. That's no way to beat an opponent. That's no way to win a round, you know. And so this at this point, they're in they're not necessarily in full danger just mathematically because it is highly unlikely that Calgary runs the table and they lose all their games and blah, blah, blah. Like all that math doesn't necessarily have to happen, but it is not out of the realm of possibility. All we need is for Calgary to win a couple of these games against the Canadians and they are screwed. So for me, what they need to do is they need to figure out how to optimize what these players, what each of these players brings to the table. Like Jeff Petrie is a great player. He's a fantastic player. At the beginning of the season, we were all talking Jeff Petrie for Norris, and he's having some bad games. Why is that? What are you doing with his matchups? What are you doing with his defensive partners? What assignments are you giving him that are causing him to not play that well? You know, uh, somebody like Jonathan Duran, for example, is has he he has had bad shooting luck, but he should have a lot more goals than he has at this point in the season. He, you know, it's it, it's not. It's not rocket science, you know, like these players are capable of more. I'm not saying they're capable of scoring titles for the year and things like that. Like, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that these players are capable of more wins, more goals, and a lot less goals against than they currently have been displaying. And that's the problem. They need to figure out what is at the root of this. And honestly, like, to me, I'm thinking Dominique Deschard maybe just not isn't a good coach. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. You know, people keep talking about how it takes time to implement his his changes. But he so far, the team is trending in a worse direction. So that to me is not good news. Yeah, it, it's the strangest thing is that I'm like, I don't know if Ducharme is a bad coach, uh, if he's a good coach. I don't know what he is because the team around him hasn't been set up for him to succeed, like, at all. And it's just, I, I do not know what to make of this team. I do not know what to make of the coaches. Like, it seems more and more and more that, like, Ducharme's interim label is just that. And the thing is, it's like, I want to see what he does with an offseason to implement his game plans, firing Luke Richardson, getting a new GM in there, who gets him players that actually fit what he wants. But can the Canadians really wait around that long? This was supposed to be their time they're going for it. They spent this money on Anderson and Toffoli and paid Druan and paid Gallagher. They're going to be losing guys like Tatar and Dano, and they paid for Joel Edmondson and Ben Sherrod and Carey Price and Jake Allen. They got to figure it out and quick, and that's tough to be Dominique Ducharme. I admit that, but at the same time, he hasn't exactly given us a reason to believe in him right now. And there in itself is, is I think, you know, it's it's a big question. I'm not ready to rule him out, but I am asking the question about whether or not he's a good coach. And a lot of that does fall on the GM. And I think, I think part of it is, you know, we're talking about maybe the players aren't the best for his system. But at the same time, if you're a good coach, you tweak your system to fit the players that you have. And the thing that's making me sad is that the Canadians fans who are always perennially positive to the point where sometimes we don't understand them and wonder what's going on in their heads, they're getting negative too. That's not a good sign. And that's something that the Canadians really need to do. Like, they might not have lost the room, but they might be losing the audience. And that's something that's very, very dangerous, especially when you're a team that for so many years, the fans have expectations and the team is not meeting them. And we're a long way from the Canadians fan base that used to just expect Stanley Cups. It was back in the day. 
we're not those people anymore. But we do expect that when we invest so much energy into a team that at some point something will change. Either go all the way to being really bad and do a rebuild or get better. And we're not seeing better. And I really hope that this time next week we're having an entirely different conversation. But in the meantime, we're going to be with you tomorrow to recap the game against the Oilers. And we're going to be with you every single day this week, as we always are, because we are your team every day. And if you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can find us literally wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. On both Locker Room and on Twitter, Scott is at Scott Matla and I am at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.